As we go through looking at the future this year of messages that the Lord has laid upon my heart to share with you, today we'll be looking at salvation during the tribulation period. And the reason I'm going with this particular message at this particular time because of the last part of this message that deals with people seem to believe that, well, you know, I'll wait until the uh, tribulation before I accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And I got I can eat, drink, and be merry and have a good time. And then, you know, when the rapture takes place, I know then that I need to change my life. Well, there will be surprised at what will happen during that time. When will this time happen? No one knows. It's when Christ comes and calls the church out. But we will see today the Jewish people will be preaching the coming of the Messiah. During the most vicious of all Jewish persecutions, Adolf Hitler wrote a mandate to be read in the state, the state churches of Germany. A particular procedure was to be carried out in every church where there might be Jewish participants. At the start of the service, they were to ask all Jewish men to stand up, turn around, and leave the church. And they asked the, then they were to ask the same of all Jewish women, and then the same all who had Jewish grandparents, and then all who had any Jewish blood in their families to get up and leave. Imagine, if Jesus was at church, he would have to leave that German church. There has never been such a persecuted people as the Jews. There are many who believe that God has forever completed his work with the Jewish people. Though careful studies of the Bible, you will understand the impossibility of ever removing God's elective purpose for Israel from the Scriptures. God has a plan for the Jews. His plan is clear in Scripture, and it will one day be complete. As Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verse 2, God has not cast away His people whom He foreknew. Jesus in the Ovalet Discourse refers to God's people as being preserved. You really cannot understand Matthew 24 and 25 unless you realize that the majority of it is written about the time of Jacob's trouble or the period we call the Great Tribulation. The table is set for those ominous days. And as we look at this today, we shall be grateful that by God's grace, believers will not experience the time of tribulation on this earth. We will be taken out. It ought to make us prayerful that should the rapture of the church take place soon, many of the people we know would have to experience those terrible days if they have not accepted Christ. It also should make us careful in the way we live our lives so that we can share Christ with these people and pull them from the burning fire and help them to know the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the saving knowledge of Christ. In Matthew 24, a number of great truths are shared regarding those last days. We looked at some of them last week. Jesus warned that there, warned that there would be excess of false teachers and increase in wars 
and the accompanying famine, pestilence, natural disasters. There will also be persecution of Christians and martyrdom of many. And it will be a cumulate in a terrible seven-year period of evil. Yet in the midst of that carnage, some people will come to trust Christ. How? Who will these preachers be? The gospel will be preached. In Matthew 24, verse 14, Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom, notice he said kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. Now, this is one of the most misunderstood passages in God's Word. Some people have interpreted that verse to mean that Christ cannot come back until every single individual on earth has heard the message of Christ before the rapture of the church. Now, we are commanded to go into all the world to preach the gospel. In Matthew 24, 14, has to do with the rapture has nothing to do with the rapture of the church. If you compare what Christ has to say in the preceding verses with the description given by the Apostle John in Revelation 6-7, you'll see a pattern. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 6 and 7. We'll be looking at chapter 7 first. Christ warns of war. And John speaks of war. Christ warns of famine in Matthew 24. And John confirms the famine in Revelation. They both talk about disease and earthquakes and persecution of believers. And John saw these things take place. Then John notes in Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. He says, after these things, now what things is he talking about? He's talking about the sixth seal, the things that happened in the sixth seal. The moon became blood. The stars fell to heaven as the fig drops its late, late figs and is shaken by the mighty wind. The sky recedes as a scroll and rolls up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. These are the things. He says, after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the west, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Now they rep And the representatives are in uh, Revelation 7, 5 through 8. Now, who are sealed 
and set free to do the work of Matthew 24, 14, which that scripture says, and the, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The 144,000 jealous Jewish preachers. During the tribulation, with all the carnage and death, one of the things that will happen is that 144,000 zealous Jewish preachers will preach the gospel of the kingdom. We preach the gospel of grace, so to speak. We believe that Christ is coming. We preach that you can be saved by the grace of God, which is in Christ Jesus. These 144,000 Jews will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Christ is actually coming. Right now, uh, the, the Jewish people don't believe that the Messiah, they nailed him to the cross. So they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But here, they will know that the Messiah is coming. Now, uh, when all of the earth has heard the gospel at that time, then the end will come. Okay? This verse isn't talking about what will happen before the rapture of the church, but after. Suddenly there will be a host of Messianic Jewish preaching the truth of the coming of Christ to a lost world. Now what will be the Jewish preachers? What will they have? How can they be protected? The verse in Revelation that speaks of these 144,000 is one of the most important, yet the most controversial sections of Scripture. Many do not understand what it says. There have been a number of theories given. Some think that the number of Christians left on earth, but the church has already been taken out. Some think that the, that, that the church, uh, some believe that they are the Seventh-day Adventists or the Jehovah Witness. The Bible is clear that these people are Jewish. Revelation chapter 7 verse 4, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were, were sealed. <coughs> These preachers will have protection. The Bible says that the people are saved, sealed, which is to say the seal of the living God. That is a seal on their foreheads, as it says in Revelation 7, verse 3. It's given to those Christ chooses for a special mission as, as this. In the day He calls and seals these Jews, the power of their preaching is going to be like nothing this world has ever seen before. It'll be like 144,000 Billy Grahams, Billy Sundays, D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon, be 144,000 of these type preachers. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and full of excitement that comes from knowing the great truth, the coming of the Messiah. The expected Messiah has already come in the New Testament. He's come as a baby in a manger. And he had 12 disciples. One of them defected. But then Apostle Paul, I believe, took the other one as a disciple. So 12 Jewish men turn the first century upside down. Just think what 12,000 times that are going to happen to let loose on earth at one time during the tribulation impact. And their impact will be great. People will be saved and then, unfortunately, they'll be martyred by the Antichrist.
God will protect them. As we read the judgments of the tribulation, we realize that unless God speaks these witnesses for their own protection, they will never live to preach more than one message. So God put a seal upon them, making them untouchable. They can't be hurt or destroyed. God will protect them during the seven-year period. Not everyone who becomes a Christian during the tribulation will be protected like these Jews will be. Many of them will be martyred. God will give them power. God also seals them for the power they're going to exert. When we, when we became Christians, we were sealed in God by the blood of Christ and given the Holy Spirit as a promise of our ultimate reception. Redemption. The fact that the Holy Spirit is in our lives is a sign that we have been empowered by God. These 144,000 Jews will be given great power when they are sealed in God. You know, in fact, the Old Testament prophet, oh, Joel, Joel the prophet, in Joel chapter 2, 28, verse 32, I'll share that scripture with you. Now, just remember, Joel is speaking to the Jewish people, Israel now. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, speaking of the tribulation period. And I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, into blood before the coming of the awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. So he calls these 144,000 Jews during the tribulation period. And, and that's what Joel is speaking about. He promises that. He promises that uh, Israel, that as Joel wrote to the Jewish people then, that God is going to have these 144,000 Jewish people at the end of time. Not during the, the uh, church age, but at the end of time, after the church is taken out. God will give them promise. These Jewish believers are going to be the ones who enter into the kingdom at the end of the great tribulation. God has promised them that they will survive the seven-year period, and when Christ returns to set up His kingdom, all 144,000 will enter into it under the leadership of King Jesus. We sometimes think of the end times as only doom and gloom, but there will be great revival during that time, fueled by the incredible, those incredible evangelists. But unfortunately, many people who make a commitment to Christ during the tribulation will be killed. John records even a scene in heaven where a great multitude in white robes stand before God's throne, crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So if you go back to Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, 
The scripture says, And these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. When John asked, who are these people that are doing this? Look at verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, and one of the elders there said to John, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And John says, sir, you know. So he said to me, one of the elders said to John, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, wash their robes, make them white in blood of the lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Then shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These are the people who get saved because of those Jewish evangelists. They died during the tribulation period. But in heaven, God gives them back everything they have lost. They didn't have enough to eat or drink. They were scorched in the sun. They endured pain and suffering, but God cares for them, their needs. And he gathered, and they gathered and worshiped the Lord. And the question comes today, who will be left out? Those who try to beat the system. Have you ever heard that saying? People who beat the system. Be warned. You had better not wait for one of those Jewish evangelists to become a Christian. You may be thinking to yourself, oh man, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I'm going to have a good time now. I'm not going to worry about the message of Christ now. I'll just, I'll wait until this thing happens and I'll know it will happen. I've heard people reason like that before. But I have to wonder about someone's legitimate desire to know God if it is coupled with a desire to beat the system. A person who wants to live a non-Christian life in this world has a distorted view and doesn't understand that God offers abundant life for anyone who will take it. And not only that, but eternal life with Christ after your physical life, the age of grace is right now. That is why I personally do not believe that anyone given an opportunity to hear the gospel today or during this time will be given another opportunity during the seven years tribulation period. If Christ comes today before this message is over and, and we as Christians will go up with him and then the tribulation period is a start, I don't know if 
anyone. In fact, I probably next Sunday the churches will be packed. I'm thinking. But those people have heard it. They've heard the message, but they have rejected it. The Bible says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, who now restrains, will do so until He, the Holy Spirit, is taken out of the way. In other words, what is holding, I mean, we think things are bad now. We haven't seen nothing yet. The Holy Spirit is constraining evil. Once the rapture of the church takes place, the Holy Spirit will be out of here. And there will be no more restraints. So you can imagine. The Holy Spirit is one who restrains evil. He will be taken away at the rapture. Without the Holy Spirit restraining force, the tribulation will be a nightmare and awful time. After the rapture, the Bible says the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of truth that they might be saved. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10. You see, they had an opportunity to receive the truth and they rejected it. Now if you go ahead in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, for this reason, God will send them strong delusions that they should believe the lie that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Strong delusions. So if you sit here and you hear the gospel today and you reject it and Christ comes, the rapture comes and we're taken out and you think you're going to be saved during the tribulation period, you got another thought coming. Because it ain't going to happen. Do you really want to try to beat the system? Don't let anybody tell you that you can beat the system by waiting to become a Christian until the tribulation. It won't happen. You'll be deceived. The reason more people aren't saved today is because of deception. It's amazing, but the more the tribulation grows in intensity, the more people reject Christ. You may say, well, I don't know. I don't believe that. Look at uh, Revelation 6, 15 and um, 16. The Bible says, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man, he covers everybody, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the rocks and the mountains, Fall on us, Hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For great day of his wrath had come. Who is able to stand? And look at 9. 9 verse 20. The Bible says, But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sources or their sexual immorality or their thefts. 
You think that they would turn to him and cry for mercy. Instead, they cursed him who sent judgment on the earth. And during the age of grace, which is now, those who reject the truth will be deceived and will never believe the gospel when they hear it preached during the tribulation period. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. Don't try to get around God's plan. Don't think you can beat the system. One day soon, the Lord is coming back and the day of opportunity will be gone. Are you playing the waiting game? Are you going to play the game and say, well, we'll wait and see what happens? I'll wait and just wait a while. Please don't do that. Why? Because you may die physically. And without Christ, you will go to a crisis of eternity, which is hell. And if you wait until Christ comes, you will be deceived and will never be saved. And you will go to a crisis eternity, which is hell. The Bible says there is salvation from our sins in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among my, by men which must be saved. Acts 4.12 You need to make a commitment to Christ's name. You need to repent of your sins and that's Christ's blood to cover your sins to give you eternal life. He covers your sins past, present, and future. There will be no sin in heaven. That's why you need to accept Christ. Christ is the only door into heaven. Second, you need to make Christ Lord of your life. You need to let the Holy Spirit live within your heart. He will help you live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life. And I have a hard time even with the Holy Spirit in my heart living the Christian life. So you've got to have that. You may be a good person. You may do all the good that you can think of, but all of that isn't enough. You must come in childlike faith. And when I, when I say childlike faith, all children are dependent upon their parents for food, clothing, and shelter. The same thing here. We are to come like Christ-like faith, childlike faith to Christ who died on the cross for you, who arose again, who is waiting for you to make that commitment. Are you ready to meet God? Or are you going to try to beat the system? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word, Lord, the power of your Holy Spirit as, as the scripture speaks to us today. I pray, God, if someone has never received Christ as Lord and Savior, someone hearing my voice now has never made that decision, I pray that your Holy Spirit may touch their hearts, that they may come and open up their hearts to you. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've given to us. And Lord, we just love the scripture that tells it like it is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A hymn of invitation is hymn number 218. Open my eyes that I may see. Hymn number 218. Now be down at the front. Won't you come and receive Christ as your Lord and
thank you for this day. We pray now that you'll be with us as we will not let the message stop, but share it with others during this week. We pray now, Lord, that you'll lead and guide us and give us traveling grace back home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.